In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to In the Clouds podcast. This is Bobby Tishy, along with Cole Fisher. And Cole, I have some breaking news for you. All right, let's have it. We... And this is the first time I'm announcing this. So our podcast team, Lev, this is no, this is breaking news. I wish I had that, uh, that breaking news noise that do, 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 do. Um, we are going to update the Lev in the clouds podcast intro music to be instead of in the ghetto by Elvis Presley, it's going to be in the clouds. By and it's going to be sang by you, correct? As the snow flies, <laughs> the baritone. On a, cold, on a cold and gray Chicago morning, a poor little podcast is born in the ghetto. It doesn't really rhyme the same way that, or it doesn't doesn't flow as well as in the ghetto does. But yeah, well, at least we have you recorded singing it, though. Mm. <laughs> oh boy. We might have to re-record this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining. So uh, what we wanted to talk through today uh, is the January release highlights from Salesforce Marketing Cloud uh, that came out uh, last week of January. So a couple of, of big items that came out um, that especially those who uh, are familiar with Datarama will like. Um, also a couple of updates on the customer 360 audiences pieces. And then we'll, we'll fly through a couple of the, the middle tier um, it's kind of we we described them um, for some of the release pieces, but um, it, one one thing that was interesting about these highlights was they were including customer 360 and Pardot within these release notes. So I wonder if going forward they're going to try to bucket more kind of like Salesforce for marketing release notes altogether, which is something that I don't think I've seen they've they've done in the past. Yeah, kind of getting away from the regular cloud umbrellas into just more of the service itself of just marketing. Pretty wild. Yeah, New I era. actually liked it. Yeah, yeah, it was helpful, especially because a lot of folks have multiple or some people or a lot of people at this point are starting to evaluate customer 360. So I think it's helpful to know what's coming out and how it relates to marketing cloud in general. So I, I really enjoyed it. But anyway, jumping into the highlights of what kind of we would think of as the the high tier, the high value um, releases was, the first one was the Datarama reports for Marketing Cloud. Yeah, so Datarama reports is, it's basically, so you can actually access it from Analytics Builder uh, and just select Datarama reports now. Uh, and it's basically comprised of three components, dashboards, scheduled reports, and pivot tables. So pivot tables look just like, you know, just kind of function the, the same way they do um, say in, in Tableau or something like that. Scheduled reports are actually like retrievable, viewable, and shareable um, detail and analyses. And those are uh, either done through like Excel or CSV, or they can be visualized in like PowerPoint, PDF, or PNG, and then shared and sent um, to, to whomever. And so you can actually facilitate who you want to uh, receive those 
and if they want to be like ongoing uh, and then as well. So those like those pivot tables, for instance, um, you know, you can manipulate, visualize, share the pivot tables, um, grant access to whomever. Uh, and then, yeah, those those uh, dashboards and schedule reports like that's kind of stuff you, you know, use for like uh, viewing comparisons, trends, patterns in the data. Uh, and the ability to like filter, sort, uh, summarize. So basically like interactive um, dashboards for reporting. So uh, a little a little cooler than what we'd had previously, which is just like that static export of, of a sample dashboard or something like that. So it's actually already been provisioned uh, as of uh, mid-February. So um, if, you, uh, if you need more actual information, you can contact your AE or your marketing cloud account rep uh, to learn more about access. Yeah, I think this was something that we were all hoping after the announcement of Datarama happened from Salesforce that it would happen um, sooner for sure. But it's nice to at least have this because one of the main questions we always get are how is the reporting capability in Salesforce Marketing Cloud? And granted, the, the standard reports for email engagement are just fine, right? They're pretty run of the mill. But I think what's nice is this allows you to harness the power of Datarama, at least at a little bit of a light level, so to speak, um, without having to purchase the full license of Datarama. Yeah, that's that's kind of always been the, the caveat. I was like, oh, well, what do you think about the reporting? Or, or it's like, well, if you need anything beyond your standard KPIs, this is really a, a messaging and marketing tool, not a reporting tool. Well, this at least gets the, the glimpse into what that can be now. Um you know, obviously full blown with Datarama, but uh, at least you have that glimpse into that with Datarama reports accessible through Analytics Builder now. So pretty cool. For sure. The, the next one is around customer 360 audiences. A couple of enhancements that I think will will really start to kind of, I think, make the difference between customer 360A being a feature and now starting to turn it into a product, especially as we start thinking about multiple different types of data sources. So Three main updates within customer 360 audiences. Uh, one, being able to, to define data with calculated insights. So essentially what that means is we're able to start leveraging SQL to generate audiences. So for those of you who have seen some of the demo videos um, or a demo from Salesforce on customer 360, it'll show you this drag and drop functionality where you can select a sales and service cloud or marketing cloud or S3 bucket as a data source, which is great, right? Because we can stitch those data sources together in a way that we weren't able to, at least not as easily before. And now we're also able to use SQL to generate some of these audiences as well. So for folks who are, are more comfortable in SQL, or for those who want to be able to define data or calculate specific metrics or specific values, Within these audiences, um, you're now able to do that within customer 360A. And the other nice piece of that too is not only if you're generating an audience in SQL, um, but if you're just generating an audience in general, um, you're now able to validate that data. So there's a, a new feature called Data Explorey. Ex Explore, <laughs> Data Explorey. That's I like the that name version. better though. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what Data Explorer allows you to do is any audience that you're rendering um, or that you're outputting, you're able to see the first 100 rows of that data. So almost kind of like how in Marketing Cloud proper in a data extension, you can view that data. Um, the first you know, 25 rows or so, you're able to do something similar now in C360. And then you're also able to download that data. So those 100 rows, if you wanted to output it and um, analyze it or 
kind of QA it a little bit outside of 360A, you're able to do that. So a couple of nice, um, nice elements there. The third one I'm most excited about 360A are match rules. Um, so what we're able to do now is, is configure these different match rules of how we want to unify records. So a couple of key things here is the whole purpose of this is to be able to say, I have five different data sources. I want to be able to match these records based on a particular field or fields based on that. And that way we have more of a, a unified record across these different sources. So I'm not gonna go into all of the different ones in detail, but the match rules, you can use email, phone number, name and email, address, name and phone number, um, device. Um, so based on advertiser ID, for example, and then party ID as well. So you can, for that party ID option, you can unify records based on external identifiers like customer IDs. Um, so if you've got, you know, your marketing cloud subscriber key, maybe sales and service cloud ID is different, but maybe across all three or in your data warehouse, you've got a customer ID or a unique ID that you utilize. You can use that as well to start bringing things together across some different sources. And then um, lastly is what's called marketing cloud unified individual. And as many of you might know, because marketing cloud data bundles represent subscriber data across each of the different channels like email studio, mobile connect and mobile push. There's multiple individual records can be created from the source information. So Cole, you could have a record in email studio that has a different record with a different unique identifier in mobile connect and same for mobile push. But now with this unified individual feature in 360A, you can ensure these records are appropriately joined as a single unified profile so that way you're able to see that unified record instead of the three different records across the three different channels. Very cool. Um, I, I got to, I got to jump to my next update here. Um, Cause this is, I feel like what's been, we've had customers asking for this for a long time. It's chat messaging for WhatsApp now available in marketing cloud. So uh, yeah, because we've is, built a couple of these for customers. Exactly. So, so like, finally, like, get, you know, get rid of the uh, custom activities and journey builder and all the, the dev work that goes into facilitating WhatsApp messaging. So Salesforce has finally partnered with a company called Cinch. So it sounds like they're like the B2B API provider for WhatsApp. Um, so they're, they're an official WhatsApp, like, solution provider. So um, they're leveraging this, this API to tie into Content Builder and Journey Builder where you could actually build the messages themselves. So to give a little background, there's two types of messages that WhatsApp uh, allows to facilitate from business users. So one is like a session message, which is just responses to messages that are like user-initiated conversations. So these are about, usually about like services or um, things like that that are very one-off. The other are template messages um, which is essentially anything that's a transactional message. So like order shipping or like loyalty, abandonment, um, uh, booking or events, things like that, or anything like account balance or finance related. So um, there's, there's a couple of caveats. So I, my, my suggestion would, would be not to go into this 
uh, blind, but to, to either rely on a, a, a partner or your Salesforce rep or somebody to kind of like step through what this looks like. Um, there even appears to be some, you know, some sort of like IP warming concept with WhatsApp where um, a new business user has to a business user has to start up with like limited volume that they're allowed to send until these are like checked out. And it's essentially like the same type of, of um, almost a deliverability monitoring that happens with uh, a new IP. Right. So um, WhatsApp goes through like uh, approval processes and they have to make sure that all of the templates that you're sending out don't contain like promotional content. So if you're using, trying to use this as a solely a marketing tool for, um, you know, marketing promotional messages, you're going to get into trouble. Um, they do want to make sure that, that the messages are, are approved. And so if you actually get, get started up, like the first step of the process is creating a WhatsApp account. If you've already done that and you've already linked it with business manager, then that's probably going to save you a couple of days of WhatsApp approval, uh, as well as creating your channels. So those are the actual brand channels that you create in WhatsApp. Um, those also take a couple of like two or three days to approve via the WhatsApp team. Uh, but once you actually have that established, you can create message templates. Those also need to be approved by the WhatsApp team. So very tight in terms of what is allowed in, um, in, in business to consumer um, uh, correspondence, but, but a really cool step in allowing the facilitation of like transactional messaging via WhatsApp because so many of our customers have, uh, you know, end users that rely heavily on WhatsApp, especially internationally, that they basically have to either leave off the table for current um, marketing cloud and journey builder capabilities, or they're building custom activities, which we've had to do several times in the past where uh, there's a very heavy upfront workload that's done to get access to those WhatsApp uh, APIs in order to tie those into your journey messaging. So really cool stuff. And there's also some data analysis and things like that that are going to be um, facilitated within this, this first release. So this is a really exciting update. Yeah, and to your point, a lot of folks over the years too have even shied away from marketing cloud because it didn't have an integration like this that was built out. So I think it's a big value add for folks who especially focus a lot internationally, to your point. The the next one was around Datarama um, and some to, a couple of total connect enhancements, easy for me to say. Um, around the integration pieces. So, so number one is a new, a new user experience. Um, so there's a, a more simplified way of ingesting um, data into the platform. Um, so that way you're able to scale a little bit better with some additional data streams. So uh, with Datarama, the great thing about it is the over you know 110 plus native integrations that it already has with a number of different marketing platforms. But for being able to ingest other pieces of data, like your own data warehouse or a proprietary system or a situation where there's not that productized integration. Um, they've come out with some nice automated data refresh capabilities, either through email or SFTP. So it can be a, a CSV or an Excel doc or anything like that. But um, what's nice is if you're doing that upload within the platform, you'll get a auto population of the preview of that data in real time. And then you can automate the refresh of that data, like I said earlier, from either email or through SFTP. 
the um, other nice thing about that is as we're uploading that, so for example, if, let's say we're uploading a CSV file for the first time, Datarama um, has a new feature called Intelligent Suggestions, where it will actually provide recommendations for the data mapping of the file you're bringing in or the data that you're bringing in, and then the data in the model that you already have within Datarama. So hopefully um, reducing the amount of errors of mapping that data together and also reducing the amount of time spent um, managing that data and that model within Datarama. And then also um, the last piece is what is called a, a built-in data mapping guide. Um, so it'll give you data previews and step-by-step -step guides to help you in that data integration process. If you do wanna have that automated data refresh, um, if you're not utilizing one of the productized connectors. We're interrupting this episode of In the Clouds to let you know that registration for Ultraviolet is officially open. Ultraviolet is Lev's first ever conference for digital marketers. Join us virtually on April 6th and 7th for more than 30 sessions of content, combining marketing strategy with top-notch technical skills and keynote speakers you won't want to miss. You will leave empowered to put your marketing plans into action. Register today at ultravioletconference.com. So really quickly, I'll touch on AMP for email. So this is a new open source standard uh, for email that's going to allow customers to interact directly with messages in the inbox without having to leave for, uh, you know, think interactive email where they're not actually leaving for, um, uh, you know, landing pages or RSVPing for events, things like that. So a lot of the, the common use cases right now are like um, confirmations, um, you know, the, the double opt-in, um, uh, browsing and research, like booking or, or uh, confirming appointments, uh, things like that. And so um, <clears throat> basically this is going to be using, um, I'll, I'll point this out. One thing is you're going to want to test this. So AMP for email is not supported in like um, some email clients. So it's supported in, in things like Yahoo and Gmail and some of those uh, larger carriers, but uh, you are going to want to test them. And the other kind of caveat is, so as great as a tool, this is, this is going to be a really fantastic tool for, um, you know, just general like preference management and feedback surveys and um, order status updates and things like that. Um, but the one thing that you're going to want to know, notice is there's like a, a 30 day limit um, on, on when emails, uh, when AMP emails will expire. So some of those, some of those email clients won't support them because of that. So, uh, they will fall back to an HTML, uh, if, if it's not a supported, um, email client. So that's just one thing to keep in, in, in mind, but, uh, this is as of March 1st is available for like all, uh, pro corporate and enterprise marketing cloud editions. So this will be a pretty cool, um, I'm excited to see a lot of customers actually leveraging this. Uh, in fact, I just got off a call before this talking with a customer about simplifying the process for like feedback surveys uh, and preference management and explicit preference ga gathering, where instead of sending their in subscribers to a second page or cloud pages or, you know, having them jump through the hoops of leaving the email. This makes it so much easier on the customer end to facilitate the, the, um, 
the marketer with data like this. So this is actually really exciting. Uh, just keep in mind that the 30 day limit and, you know, some of the um, probably hopefully just initial uh, hiccups with some email clients. Like I said, Gmail, Yahoo, and the big ones are fine, but you're going to want to test emails like this before they go out. And for those who aren't super familiar with AMP for email, if you are familiar with the interactive email feature within Content Builder Marketing Cloud, where you can fill out forms and that sort of thing, it's a similar technology. So just like with those, you've got to have an HTML fallback like you will with AMP emails. So um, just really kind of building off of that interactive email that I know a lot of marketing cloud customers have gotten a lot of use out of for getting preferences and getting more data on folks. So that way they don't always have to go out to another page or anything like that. Like we mentioned at the beginning, they've included that three customer 360 as well as um, Pardot um, in the new release notes. And one we wanted to call out specifically with Pardot was around campaign cloning and reason being is this one's uh, um, hit home for me because of my time at Marketo, where in Marketo, if you build out a campaign, you can quickly duplicate that entire campaign and all the assets relating to it. So landing pages, forms, all that good stuff. And so with this new feature within Pardot, um, you can now clone a campaign and all the assets relating to it. Um, so uh, for those of you who are considering, you know, should I move from Marketo to or another marketing automation to Pardot or Marketing Cloud this is a big win for sure. So you'll have the ability to, cl to clone um, the campaigns and the assets within them, including campaign member status, landing pages, forms, links, snippet assignments, etc. So um, one other thing here I wanted to mention is that um, Pardot also came out with essentially a, a multi-org connector is a, a good way of thinking about it. So where you can have multiple Pardot instances and multiple sales cloud instances connected to one another. So in the past, and we actually, we're just working on this with another company where they wanted to integrate the two sales cloud instances because they had multiple instances within um, their organization to manage leads and have Pardot talk to both instances. Now Pardot does that out of the box as a native piece of functionality. So another key piece of thing to uh, key piece of thing to keep in mind. Boy, that was a really poor way of saying that. But um, <laughs> another cool feature that they released with Pardot. Yeah, very cool. And and that's a big. I I, I think that's. Not not to be overloaded, that's a huge time save for a lot of those that spend every day in Pardot, like creating and recanning, uh, recreating campaign assets. So that, that's 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 going to be a pretty big update. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, another change here is uh, what's called the email to web conversion app within Datarama. So this is actually a package solution uh, that's an app within Datarama that connects um, email messaging and journeys from Marketing Cloud or Pardot uh, into Google Analytics. So if, assuming you're, you're as a customer already have Google Analytics, this ties the two together and kind of creates this interactive visualization of uh, the customer conversion funnel. So it's pretty neat in the fact that um, it'll allow campaign level or email level 
uh, variables to be targeted and measured. And so you can look at things like subject lines, audience segmentation, um, individual content performance or relevance, like how relevant that content is, or other KPIs, just kind of see how it's impacting overall performance. So from a standpoint of a marketer where, where this is a really good, like high level to medium level insight on where are the best campaigns right now? Where are the really low performing campaigns? And of those campaigns, what are the elements that, you know, can be uh, tweaked and optimized to, to either better replicate the better performing campaigns or uh, or do we just kind of prune things? And so this is just a really good, um, I almost call it like the executive level, uh, but, you know, it's a little more tactical than that. It's where I can just see the day-to-day high level and say, this is what's working. This is what's not. Uh, and, and here are the quick actions that can be taken uh, precisely on those campaigns and emails. And then the app actually also comes with a templated dashboard uh, for some more advanced insights. And so that's like where you could have customizable inputs and maybe non-standard KPIs. And so this would be a little bit more geared towards the advanced users or to, um, to teams that may have really high volume campaign creation or need like pretty heavy feedback loops for their campaigns. So uh, another pretty cool innovation for Datarama. So uh, pretty neat to kind of see how, how, that, uh, how Datarama as a product is evolving really quickly. And this is also a great win for those um, who wish to have better conversion tracking with Marketing Cloud. Marketing Cloud has that native old conversion tracking that hasn't been touched in probably a dozen years or so and um, really relies more on your Google Analytics um, to be able to track that. And then I'll automatically bring that data into it into a really nice dashboard. I think will help a lot of folks out as well. Uh, just a couple of other um, quick highlights we wanted to mention um, and things to keep in mind um, for those of you who are utilizing Marketing Cloud or considering it. For those of you who are use, using it, I'm just keeping in mind that uh, they did announce that they're going to discontinue support for Internet Explorer 11. Um, probably not many of you since there's only about a 1% usage share for all browsers um, for Internet Explorer. So. But if you are one of the, the legacy folks on IE, make sure that you uh, migrate over to Chrome, Safari, or Firefox here shortly. For those who do have um, integra- an integration to Salesforce CRM, Sales or Service Cloud, just keep in mind that the Marketing Cloud Connector V2 is retiring on March 31st. And so I want to uh, upgrade to V5 as soon as possible. Uh, the Discover Reporting Tool is scheduled for retirement in all Marketing Cloud accounts on April 21st, 22nd, um, or I'm sorry, April 21st, 2022. Um, so you still got about a year, but Datarama Reports will ultimately replace Discover. So they're going to continue to build out the enhancements there and retire Discover as a tool. And then uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier where Nicole uh, mentioned WhatsApp, but there's now a new channel and contact builder. So you'll have the ability to send transactional and session messages through WhatsApp from Marketing Cloud and be able to um, also manage that as a data source within Contact Builder. And then uh, you're also able to send a user to Journey Builder upon segment join. So essentially what that means is when, especially as we're thinking about Interaction Studio, um, whenever we're listening through the web or mobile or an API or anything like that, um, we're able to grab those folks and then update existing segments in Interaction Studio that will add them to a new segment in Journey Builder in real time. So this, this essentially means you can add or use segments to add customers to those journeys 
within the moments of that data changing, uh, which will be a really nice upgrade for those who are using Interaction Studio and Journey Builder, yeah. or if you're considering Interaction Studio, it'll be a nice win. And Bobby, this one comes up a lot, I feel like, with customers that that they've got certain thresholds in mind, or a lot of times there's a data analysis that says, like, I notice when somebody hits a product four times that they're X percent more likely to, to uh, convert within the week or, you know, something like that, where they can build triggers and thresholds around that type of behavior. Because I feel like as marketers, we always have one in mind, but this allows us to not only take advantage of it, but test it as well. So this one is, is really exciting to me. Yeah, for sure. And then the last piece was just a couple of updates to the Mobile Connect data view. So for those of you who are working in, in data or you're a data analyst or sharing any of this data back to your data analysis team or your data science team, um, there's two new values in the Mobile Connect data view. So JB activity ID and JB definition ID. So as you're sending text messages from Journey Builder, um, it'll provide a little bit more detail into that. Um, so that's included in, uh, automatically in the SMS message tracking data view within Automation Studio and Query Activities. So we'll go ahead and pivot. Uh, thanks for listening today. Jumping right into completely unrelated and most rewatchable movies. Yeah. So I, I, most rewatchable. So this is like the the movie where you you know flip on the TV and it's you, you can't turn away from it because even though you've seen it a hundred times. You're like every, every scene, you're like, oh, this scene. Oh, this is the one, you know? Um, my my first one actually just came on this past weekend. It's, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to uh, expose my IQ at this point, but Dumb and Dumber is one of those movies for me where I, like every scene, you're like, oh, oh, this part, this part's a riot. I got to watch this. And so I end up just never changing the channel. You know, we've had a few folks recommend that we change the name of the podcast at Dumb and Dumber. Although... <laughs> I, it begs the question, which one of us would be dumber? Oh, let's, there's no debate, Bobby. I got to at least take dumber. I, I, I was hoping you were going to say there's no debate and then just leave it out there. And then I would have, I was going to say, yeah, you're right. There's no debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, there's, there's a couple movies like this. And I think the, uh, what I find hilarious is the, the ones that I find that I always want to rewatch are the ones that my wife hates the most like <laughs> roadhouse and pure oh, country <laughs> um she she is like the other one too uh the equalizer she's a fan of that one but gosh i, I mean roadhouse the the ending is a little gruesome but man uh when he becomes the cooler at the double deuce i mean the, that that middle like hour of that movie is just awesome yeah and it's got sam elliott who was just as as awesome in tombstone i would put that in there but that's just too long of a movie to make it that rewatchable but uh but yeah roadhouse is an awesome movie i've never seen pure country but i'm gonna take your word for it i feel like if you and i had a venn diagram of our favorite movies there would be almost no overlap except for roadhouse right there in the middle (laughs) (laughs) i completely agree How, how do you stand on face off um Face off, well, that was the Van Dam, um, Stanley Cup hockey. Like, yeah, I, I haven't seen that in a long time. But oh no, no, I'm talking. John oh no, no, face off. Never mind. I'm thinking of. Um, I'm thinking of sudden death. Yeah, face off is. The, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, face off with John Travolta and, and Nicolas Cage, right? Yeah, that one's a little yep. weird. That one's a little weird on me. Um, it's not my oh, most terrible. Watchable. 
uh, yeah, it was it was weird because when I ever like even watching that as a kid, I was like, wait, how do they replicate the bone structure and, you know, the gait and the normals? Like everything about this just makes no sense to me. If you're just taking well, something, and, if it's just. And a I always story, loved thinking big, about Nicolas Cage acting like John Travolta acting like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> like who are who are the two worst actors we could get to then have to act like each other acting like the other <laughs> and john travolta is such an awful bad guy <laughs> like uh it's just it's so bad it's good um i gotta throw my last one in there is is which you never actually finished but point break all time I, I, everyone told me the first 85 minutes were the best that i didn't just see the last five <laughs> minutes <laughs> All time point break. Uh, yeah, we gotta get you to watch Pure Country, George Strait. Horrible actors across the board. I appreciate that. Yeah, great music, though. I mean, you can't go wrong with George Strait. So, the the tour manager for anybody on the uh, who's you know, mom and my wife Joni listening, since those are our listeners, uh, <laughs> if uh. By far the worst part of that movie is the tour manager, George Strait's tour manager. She is the worst actress, and she's so annoying in that movie. Oh, stop. You're really doing a good job of selling it, Bobby. But it is really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, you can reach out to us at in the clouds at lovedigital.com. Um, we're really excited for the uh, upcoming podcast. We've got a couple of series that we'll be rolling out this year, including an innovation series as well as a change management series. So stay tuned for those and we'll talk to you soon.